0: What do I know? We basically got to the conclusion that I don't know anything and <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. We're all human though. We're all doing that. Do you know that. what I mean? Yeah, yeah it is. It is that. at the end of the day. It's like you have to figure out what works for you and like there aren't really any real answers. So if I ever did YouTube again, that'd be great. If I had an assistant, I could just make the videos. They could post them. I don't look at anything. I just live my real life. That's my idea.
1: Oh, that sounds like the
0: that's an ideal situation. Like if I ever do YouTube again, I'll probably try to make something like that happen. Because yeah. everybody's in their own world. It's it's really hard because it has to do with psychology, I think. And I feel yeah. like I said, like we're we're all a little bit guinea pigs to this whole social media game. Social media for me, and the reason why I kind of like needed to set boundaries or push it away, is like the friend that you talk to. And more often than not, you leave feeling worse than when you first talk to them.
1: What's up, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Glad I Asked, where I have the pleasure of exploring the minds of other curious creatives. And we get to talk about many things, including how they're creating lives that they're excited to be living. I'm City Goodman, and our guest today is a longtime friend of mine, Connor Sullivan. You might recognize Connor from his YouTube channel as an American living in Germany. After playing football at USC, Connor left to play professional American football and found insane success as a YouTuber experiencing the German culture, which catapulted him into having a TV show overseas. And as his channel was approaching 1 million subs, he stopped posting and deleted his social media. In our chat today, we talk about the negotiation of creativity and business, experiencing your life through your phone, our rapidly changing culture, and the positives and costs of being a YouTuber. Enjoy this chat with Connor Sullivan. Connor, do you wanna introduce yourself? Hi, Connor Sullivan. Welcome Hello, to Glad I Asked.
0: Sydney, thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah. This is my first podcast. By the way, technically, I told you last time. Like one point five, because 1.5. we
1: kind of recorded a podcast last time. We just forgot to record it.
0: Yeah, now we're doing it for real. Um, my background.
1: What do you like when somebody asks what you do, or like what, what, like how do you identify as a creative? Like, what would if somebody was like, "Hey, Connor, what's your deal?" <laughs> what That's would a you say? Good
0: question. Well, I've made my living the last five years off of mainly YouTube. Yeah, and being a producer of commercials and TV shows. Okay. So that's like what I've done. I would say YouTube has been the main thing. Once I left college and went to Germany, I started a YouTube channel and that led into all the other opportunities to film commercials, film a TV show in Germany for three years. And then I was just most recently in uh, Brazil doing like production of music videos and stuff like that.
1: Okay. I feel like there's so much I want to talk about. Did you always know that you wanted to? I feel like I know the answer. So for context, Connor and I went to high school together. Crazy. High school and college. And while we didn't hang out actively in college, we were like pretty tight in high school. Mm -hmm. Because we had class together. Yeah, we had a lot of classes. Leadership. We sat next to each other. What was that? English? Is that English? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I feel like it was English.
0: I don't remember exactly all the classes. I just remember we were like fairly close to each other in a lot of classes. Yeah. And we have a similar vibe, I think. I don't know. No, You've always been more chill than me, I feel like.
1: You think I'm chill? (laughs)
0: I think you're chill. <laughs>
1: That's so funny. I think you're chill.
0: Really? I feel Are like you, I've, I've always been like a little more like talking and like so active and you've been more like,
1: I think at least in my perspective. Okay. No, no, no. So I think this is interesting because I think you're talking <laughs> and active, but I think your overall like outlook on life is very chill. I would say yes. Whereas I feel like I show up pretty chill and like, I don't, sometimes I'll get kind of hyped on things, but it's kind of like, whoop, whoop. And Uh, then I'm kind of chill. And then I'm like hyped and then I'm chill. But then overall, I feel like, and I don't know if this is just everybody feels this way or type A people feel this way, but I feel like when I approach my everyday life, I have to actively work on not being a control freak or not feeling like I want to like take control of everything. Yeah. You know,
0: especially people that are like, we were talking about having your own business or like being a creative where you're in control. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to get like that because you're always thinking about everything. Like You're in control of everything. Yeah, so you kind of are cool. like forced to be a control freak, indirectly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're not that way, because I'm not really like that. But then once I started doing YouTube, I I got like that maybe more mm-hmm. because I have to film, I have to edit, I have to field emails, I have to do everything.
1: There's a lot on the checklist, and I think a that lot. goes for running any business. But I think that, and I don't. You, correct me if you don't look at it this way, but I think I have an issue of I'm a creator. I'm a creative. I run my own business. But if you asked me if I was a business owner, I don't think I would say yes. Me neither. But it is a business.
0: I'm not a businessman, but I've made money off of my skills, if that makes sense, which has caused problems. Because if I was more of a businessman, obviously it would work better. But yeah. I think it would be it'd be nice if I could partner with someone that was the business side, you know? Because I know a lot of people. Danny, for example, amazing businessman. So he does both. He's like really good at business. He's really good at being creative. But some people have a hard time when their creativity has a dollar value, you know? That's me.
1: Do you feel like Danny... So I've never actually met Danny, which is funny because I hear you talk about him all the time. But
0: Yeah, he's probably my closest friend when it comes to the creative world.
1: Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, Yeah, I've never met Danny. I'm sure we'll meet eventually through you at some point. Yeah. But would you say that like... He acquired that, or do you feel like he just always was good at both sides?
0: I feel like he always is good at both. Okay, sides. so he when just I was first like blessed by the gods. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was like perfect combination. Like maybe yeah. YouTube was just his thing. When I first met him, he already had the idea of what he wanted, and he has not deviated. Mm-hmm. Seven years later, when I met him in like 2014,
1: and that was before he started his channel. So we're talking about Danny Duncan for context. Yeah, who, he, he had like his
0: channel, but it was maybe around ten thousand large channel, like.
1: Yeah, how many? Like, I think he's at 7 million now. 7 million. He does prank videos. Yeah. So you met him and then not to make this about Danny Duncan indirectly about Danny. He is a
0: big reason why I even started doing YouTube. He encouraged me to do YouTube. Before I went to Germany, he was the one that already had the channel and he was saying, hey, look, you like traveling, you like videos, why don't you just film your travel? Yeah. That's why I started the YouTube channel. Um, I had had the channel before, but that's why I started posting on it just to see what would happen and then exactly what he said happened happened like people started watching and that's why I even like have a platform now it's kind of because of him have you ever So I have like I have love in my heart for his support
1: yeah yeah it means a lot to especially i feel like when you're going into a creative endeavor it means a lot to have that validation from from people who know you really well especially because i feel like it is only late in a creative's journey where you kind of can have that internal validation. Like I think it takes a lot of work to work up to that. Mm -hmm. And very few people kind of start being like, oh yes, my work is good. And like, I have great creative vision. So to have somebody support you like that means a lot. Yeah. Have you ever asked him what, like why he thought it was a good idea for you to make YouTube videos?
0: No, never, never my, I never asked him about why he thought I would be good at it maybe. Yeah. I think it was, he was more just listening to me. And I was telling him, like, I like videos oh, and, and like, I like traveling. And he's like, great, just do it. He has a more of a brain that's like, it just makes sense to do it, you know, and act. And I feel like yeah. I'm, I would get my head a lot.
1: Connor, that's so funny. Why? I don't see you, you Don't like, see you as that
0: person. Not Dang. at
1: all. Like from the outside.
0: I need to be the person that you see me that's
1: as. <laughs> true. Well, I need to be the person you see me as. Like we need yeah. to just kind of like write out what we see each other as and be like, okay, this is it. Because, yeah, right. I don't see you as that. I've always seen you as being kind of like a doer.
0: Yes, I am a which doer. you are. I'm a doer when it comes to like the crazy stuff of let's go to Germany randomly and just live there. Yeah. I can do that all day long. Like I said, I just came back from Brazil. I was six months there. I traveled in Asia a bunch. But when it comes to YouTube and making money and just like trying to figure out how to yeah. do that, that's where I get tripped up. What trips
1: you up on that? You mentioned Um, earlier kind of putting a dollar amount to your creativity.
0: Yeah, I would just say like when you try to make money from what you love, then eventually the love is like diminished because money takes over a little bit. When you're not making enough, obviously you have to live. So if you start making money, let's just say when I first went to Germany, I didn't need YouTube because I was getting paid
1: Mm -hmm. from a
0: football team to play. Yeah. I went there and I played professional American football. So it was like low level, but it was enough where I – could live and I had an apartment and I had money on top and I was cool. So I was making stuff just from what I wanted to do. I was like, let's just do this. Boom, boom, boom. And then it got to the point where it was big enough. Mm-hmm. And then I had to keep making content to make money. And that's when I was like, dang, I don't want to just go film to make money.
1: When you like have to right. Make so then I
0: kind of got in my head and was, you know, I think it's normal. I, I think I what totally happens do. with people who are creatives is like very normal, but like the creative world being able to make money with social media is really new. So we're all kind of guinea pigs in a certain way. Mm-hmm. When I first started YouTube, it was kind of around 2015. And that was when people weren't really making money like they are now. There was a the few people, Roman Atwood, uh, Casey Neistat was the guy I would watch. These were like the a few people that were making it. And now it's almost every company in the world has a YouTube channel, an Instagram, a Snapchat, a Twitter. So it's so saturated, where in the beginning it was more just like for fun. Yeah. And then it got to the point where it worked so well that it became my job. And then Which is
1: a good thing. It but like then internally mentally.
0: internally combusted.
1: Yeah. Well, isn't that funny? I feel like the dream. Well, I don't know. For me, the dream was always, oh, I want a creative job. Or like the perfect yeah. scenario would be if I got paid to do something creative. Right. Right.
0: That's That was mine as well.
1: And you're working towards that. And then you get to that point where it tips over and it's like, wait a minute. I am doing that. Right. And then it's like that's almost where everything starts because everything changes mm-hmm. your relationship with your work or your art form changes. Like all of a sudden um, I mean, I guess that's just a relationship, but you rely on this thing that was a cre- that you got creative fulfillment from mm-hmm. and then you're negotiating. Okay. Creative fulfillment for maybe like strategy plays and money plays and business yeah. plays.
0: Yeah. And how it's do hard. you, it's very hard. I think that, it's It's just a very hard thing, and you don't understand it until you get there, you know? Yeah, like I didn't understand about YouTube until it got to the point where I was making money. And, yeah, the feelings change. The feelings change, you know? The yeah. relationship is different, you know? When you first start, there's no relationship with money and or anything that has to do with fans, you know, or mm-hmm. producing content. That's something I had a really hard time with was people watching my content and comments got to me yeah really got to me that's why when i talked to brandon and he was like yo don't read the comments analytics if that works for you if that works for somebody it's like you can read them sometimes but i think that like when you have too much feedback even in real life it's a problem mm -hmm. like if i ask you and all of my friends for about a problem that i have that's too much information you need to pick a few people that you really trust and ask questions but the comments are just everywhere from the people that hate to hate for no reason just like want to write something bad to people that are actually giving you positive feedback. For me, as a creative as well, I think a lot of people can relate to this. Your brain's already thinking so much that when you get a little extra stuff, then you almost are like, what am I doing? Yeah, You but- start pondering the meaning of life.
1: <laughs> you like ascend into this Literally, space and it's like, wait, yeah. I was just working on and a video. And I'll be the first
0: to admit, like, I, I think that comments and what people said really got to me in the beginning when I first started making videos in Germany because I didn't know how to deal with it.
1: What were the comments like?
0: They're good. And I think I feel like most creators can relate to this. 90% of the comments are good. Yeah. Because when you start making content, like your content's recommended to people that like what you do. So when I was in Germany, it was like people that were looking up German stuff were getting what they wanted. It's like American doing German stuff. So 90% of the people, 99% of the people are thinking, this is great. Cool. I like your videos. Good job. Go here. Like giving positive feedback. And then there'd always be one or two people. That would say stuff like, you American, like go back to your country. And even that would make me be like, damn, that hurts.
1: Well, and it's like you (laughs) take, you internalize it so much, but like, you don't know anything about this person. And I say this also, I'm so affected by the comments. And right now, like, even what's considered like a good or neutral comment. So we've talked about this um, in terms of like my personal content, but I'm struggling with like, what kind of content do I make? And like, my audience is a primarily male video game audience and like I want to make fashion content and I want to make more lifestyle content but the angle on it is entirely uninteresting to the current audience of the current audience right yeah. and so some of them will still support me and they'll comment things like the fire emoji or like a smiley face or whatever and you just add so much meaning to it right like oh
0: to someone's comment to someone's comment yeah. like you
1: add su- you make such a story cuz like a fire emoji I'll see it and be like oh my gosh like They're just watching me because like I'm a pretty girl and they want to watch me like get dressed, which, you know, that could be true. Or it could be like I was talking to my stream about it and people were like, oh, yeah, well, like I'll just comment and watch it because like I want to support you in whatever you're doing. And it could be that. And it's Mm -hmm. like you just don't know. And also, it's not really worth your time and energy. And it doesn't feel like the healthiest use of your time Mm -hmm. to be trying to get the correct story for every comment.
0: Right. So I guess
1: the smartest thing is probably just don't engage. But like, why is it so hard?
0: Why is it hard not to engage? Yeah. Because we're social people. I think it's like we're social beings and we want the approval or at least like feedback. And when the feedback is there and unopened, it's like a candy bar. You're just like, oh, man, that's how I see it. Yeah. That's how I feel. At least I post a video and then I look at, oh, there's 100 comments. And then it's just so natural to want to say, what are they saying? Because what do I do? Even as somebody who's viewing other people's videos, I go right to the comments. Isn't
1: that interesting? I watch
0: YouTube videos and I go right to the comments. Yeah. And I always just scroll until I see 1,000 or more. If it's less than 1,000, I just keep going until <laughs> it's the top comment. I'm like, what are they saying? Oh, that's funny, you know? But it's yes. funny because it's almost like you have to do that for your own video and just be like, oh, people are just scrolling the comments for no reason, commenting, whatever, for no reason. It's not like you actually, they, they don't care that much. Because I comment on stuff and it's like, do I really care? It's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: totally. i don't it's
0: not like i thought about a comment that i posted two days ago
1: yeah you're just you know? kind of because everybody's
0: off. in their own world it's it it's really hard because it has to do with psychology i think and i feel like yeah. i said like we're we're all a little bit guinea pigs to this whole social media game right yeah like you and me and like a few people our age maybe a little older are the first ones that are able to make a full-time living online
1: yeah if you think
0: about it like when did iPhones come out? I think we talked about this before.
1: <laughs> I think it was like 2008.
0: 2008, which means that they weren't really used as they are now for a few years. When they first like came out.
1: 2013, 2014 was kind of when like Instagram started to blow up, I think.
0: Yeah. Instagram came out two, uh, 2012. I remember that because my girlfriend in high school, Caroline, Caroline Sunshine. Sunshine. You know, <laughs> she's
1: the reason why my username is what it is. I don't know if you know that. No. Okay. So really? my Instagram used to be Sid Good, right? Yes. And so for people who don't know, Caroline was on a Disney show.
0: She was on Shake It Up.
1: Shake It Up, which is the one with Zend- Zendaya. and Zendaya. the girl
0: with orange hair that I don't remember.
1: Okay. It doesn't matter. But so she was like a Disney channel person. And um, she went to our high school. She went to our high school. She was your girlfriend. And like, we had hung out enough times that she followed me on Instagram Mm -hmm. and she didn't follow that many people on Instagram. It was like under 20 people. or And she was like
0: a big deal back then because she was on a TV show. Well, so
1: then I got all of these like 13 year old, all of her like 13 year old fans were following me on Instagram. And at that point I was like immensely private. And I was just like, I don't, this is too much responsibility. Like, so I deleted my Instagram Mm -hmm. and then, um, when I tried to re, I, my plan was, okay, I'm going to delete it and then just start a new one just so what that was these it people stop. Sid, Sid Good. Sid Good. Because okay. that's what people I call think me in college that. or in, in high school. It was yeah. just like Sid Good or Sid the Kid or whatever. Sid the Kid. <laughs> 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 just like
0: that. Bring it back.
1: <laughs> and so I restarted my Instagram, but I didn't realize that Instagram, when you delete it, it holds that username. Like if I delete Sid Good Instagram, it's that username isn't available for that same day. 15 days It's for like something. 30 okay and i didn't know that Mm -hmm. and so then all of a sudden i was like well shit now i don't have an instagram so i just put a so in the middle because i was like whatever it's like funny it's
0: so good it works
1: yeah it works but so it's because of caroline though why is that well because her fans oh because of the fans okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: that was an interesting yeah it's just so weird that that was a thing like she went to our high school i dated her she was on a tv show
1: was that was that weird like did you experience any of the weirdness of dating like a semi-famous person
0: will she watch this probably not i think she's a great person (laughs) i just feel like we were at different points in our life because like i saw her on the show and like that lifestyle was just like really i don't know it wasn't really something that i wanted to be involved with if it makes sense and i feel like we were just on our different journeys like she really wanted to be on tv and then that was right when i had i was a senior and then i went to usc to play sports Mm -hmm. so we were just on a different wave but your question was was that weird
1: well, I don't know. Just, we don't have to get into it, but just like if it was interesting. It was, of course. It's very is interesting. Yeah. Doing that stuff.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. What
1: about now? Because now I went I went to the like...
0: Disney Studios in oh, LA. Really? That was Wait, cool. Nice. I met Zendaya when she was that age. Yeah. Before she's like really famous. Yeah. Um. And then who's the blonde girl that, or not the blonde girl. The, I don't know.
1: I never really watched that. Show. I only Bella know. Thorne. Oh, I've seen her in Laguna yeah. before.
0: So it was her, yeah. Zendaya, and then Caroline.
1: Yeah, well, is it- interesting because like now you're friends with danny who is famous in his own right and probably yeah. just as famous as like some and of then the like the you youtube or the
0: uh usc football players like yeah. people in the nfl
1: how's your relationship with that change i feel like i'm like flipping you off i'm like da, da, da. um how's your relationship with being in proximity to i guess people that are very in the public eye has that changed at all as you've gotten older or like Honestly, still just like, eh, whatever. Yeah,
0: honestly, it, it never really was that big for me. I don't know why. Obviously, when I first dated Caroline, like that was a new experience. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like my girlfriend's on TV and all these 13 year old girls know her, you know, but yeah. that's what it was. It was like she had the following of the 13 year old girls. Um, And then USC football, of course, it's like a lot of people go. It was a quarterback? Well, Cody Kessler. Cody, okay. But the people that are still playing like Juju Smith, he's oh, probably the right, biggest there guy. when Juju was there. I yeah. forget that. And Juju's pretty that big now. That all exists
1: in different spaces in my head. Exactly. But yeah, yeah.
0: And then even with YouTube in in Germany, it's like I met so many people that are technically famous mm-hmm. that I I like the normal life better now. That makes sense. Yeah. Like when people are just out of the public eye and they don't have social media and they're just doing their life and they have a good relationship, kids. I'm like, that's awesome because I know all of the craziness that comes with it, and it's like extra, you know? Yeah. It's almost too much.
1: Well, that's I think a really good segue to you don't post on YouTube right now, nah. and you stopped. You like kind of, I you deleted your Instagram, right? I deleted my Instagram, and you stopped posting on YouTube when you were at like eight or nine hundred thousand followers. I
0: know. What was I doing? <laughs> I should have. I, I think back. Like sometimes I, I think back, and I'm just like, wow, why, why did I just, why make did you? it what it was? I think I was trying to figure everything out on my own. You know what I mean? Like I was alone with everything. I didn't have any other people that I was really talking to. Like at this point, I wasn't really like talking to Danny or talking to you and saying, like, hey, we go through the same things. Like it wasn't a business for me, you know? Yeah. It was something but it that was. I really exactly were, at the that's same how time. You were sustaining yourself. And I was like resisting making it a business. Mm-hmm. So I just like let it die. And for people watching, if they're watching, like it probably doesn't make sense. But I basically, how do I explain? It almost was like the thing that I loved got pimped out as a little for the dollar, if that makes sense. Yeah. For me. And I felt bad. I was like, I don't want to just... Oh, you felt bad. Yeah. I I didn't want to make content that I just wanted to make money off of. But then I also had a lot of other things that happened in my life. You know, my brother, a friend of mine that I had made videos with. There was just so much happening. And then also me not realizing what was happening. So I almost had to like stop and like introspect in my own life, which I'm not. I'm not sad that that happened. Yeah, I still have a YouTube channel, and I also agree with like a lot of these YouTubers that say if if they started from scratch today, they could probably have a million in the next year, just because you learn how to make it work. Like yeah. if I wanted to like start a new YouTube channel and say this is what I'm gonna do, stay consistent, and like probably stay with the same audience because you can't really divert your audiences. I also did that as well. I had a really big German audience. And then I moved and went to Asia. And it's just like everybody from Germany didn't watch. Yeah. Because I'm doing Asian content, you know? So I like, it's a little bit deceptive. I have a million subscribers, but they're like from all over the world, from different platforms. Like if I went back to Germany and started posting videos, I probably could in a couple of weeks get like an average viewing of like 20,000 to start, which is not bad. Yeah. And then move up 20, 30, 40, 50. Yeah. If I went to India, the same thing, probably like, more though, because Indians watch more YouTube because there's a billion of them, you know? Mm-hmm. There's only 80 million Germans and there's like 1.5 billion Indians. So I can go back there and probably have a base of like 50,000. So yeah, there's a lot of factors that happened in my life. And it was basically me trying to figure out what was happening and also just figure out my life at the same time. That's what I also think lot. is so interesting because people like you, me, or any creator, you still have a life that you have to figure out. And whether or not you're Logan Paul hated or loved by like Casey Neistat it's like you still have real life and real feelings and maybe you feel depressed one day and maybe you feel like you don't want to do this or you don't want to do that or you want to do this or you want to change and it's hard when you have an image to keep up so I basically yeah. was like screw it I'm just gonna do what I want and that's what I did and I on mean my channel, I respect
1: that yeah because I think that, so Brandon and I were just talking about this literally last night about how, like, with YouTube, it feels like there's kind of two lanes, right? There's, you can be so in on the strategy. Like, let's just use Mr. Beast as an example. Like, you watch yeah, Mr. Beast. Yeah, he's Beast's strategy. Videos, he's well, to and the he's max. very transparent about what he knows and what he's learned. And so right. it's like, okay, theoretically, you have some sort of like a roadmap of how to build an insanely huge channel and be very successful on mm-hmm. YouTube if you just followed that. Right. But that's also you're sacrificing creative, like creative fulfillment there. Right. Maybe those videos, like the chances that the videos that are super in meta and doing super well, like f- fulfill you creatively are very low. Yeah. Um. So you're all in on strategy or it's like there's this channel. I don't remember the name, but it's a couple and like their videos are really well done. You can tell they really enjoy the process of creating and that these videos come off as being very creatively fulfilling to them, mm-hmm. but they aren't necessarily choosing the strategy route. And it seems like they're okay with the fact that less people watch their videos and that their channel probably won't, like, it likely will not blow up because they just want to do what creatively makes sense to them. Yeah. Um. And then there's like, you know, it's a continuum. So then there's people in between doing a little bit of strategy, a little bit of creative. And I think it's just like a lot of negotiating with yourself of like Mm -hmm. how much are you willing to sacrifice creatively in order to like is making a lot of money very important to you, is having a big channel very important to you. And like there's, I don't want to call them shortcuts, but there's proven ways to grow your channel. Mm -hmm. That means that maybe you're making videos that you're not overly passionate about. And like, is that okay with you?
0: Right. Yeah. There's a lot with YouTube as well, including algorithm changes, right? Like, sometimes when I started YouTube or when I was doing good, I I feel like the algorithm has changed since 2018, right? Oh, totally. So then there's stuff that works and stuff that... And you have to just constantly be on top of it, right? So I I almost feel like even now, giving advice to somebody on YouTube, it would probably be like, look, YouTube can never be 100% mirroring your life. It can't. Mm -hmm. Because... And as, as much as you want it to, it just can't because... What do you mean
1: by mirroring your life?
0: Well, let's just say like like, like 100% true to me. Because nobody really knows me. I, they can't follow me around 24-7. Regardless, I'm going to have to cut my life into a video. Yeah. So it's like, okay, look, this is... It's almost like you have to realize that that's true. Like you're in some way, your YouTube personality is different than your real life. So if you're trying to make it exactly... Feel what you feel, and the comments have to understand. Like, guys, I, I swear, this is like from my heart. Like, and there's always going to be someone. You have to just like, I don't know, like have thicker skin.
1: Well, I think in it's a just way, accepting, accept, that, like that's you're great. not going to be yes. fully understood. Yeah, you have to. And it's so that. much easier said than done. Cause it that's is. something it I is. struggle it with. Is. Is. is it's like I want them to understand. Like a comment I get a lot is like, she knows what she's doing. If I like do something do <laughs> and yeah if i do anything and then it comes off as like oh i accidentally like picked something up and like it lifted up my skirt yeah, or something be. like that and it's like oh it's she difficult. knows what she's doing and to me i used to get i still get really triggered by that comment cuz it's like no i'm just existing right mm-hmm. and it's and that becomes this like obsession of i need the audience to understand me 100% fully and so right. i agree i think being able to detach from like The internet persona that I am is not me. I'm not that person. Mm -hmm. It's maybe a version of me or it's pulling out certain aspects of my personality, but I think that makes it easier to stomach the fact that the public is going to misunderstand you, whether it's on purpose or not.
0: It's true. I mean, I would get the same thing. I go to Germany and I film a video and people say, he's just here to get views. It's like, no, but also yes. (laughs) It's like, I am posting a video so I can get views, but it's not because yeah it's hard. I can't even explain it to somebody even yeah. if I like they listen to the podcast, people will still be like, yeah, bullshit. yeah, someone can say that
1: well, it's just, again, I think it just comes down to like maybe like a deep sense of security in yourself <laughs> that it's, it's hard. Like, it's so hard that it's like, okay, I know who I am and I know what my motivations are and like that's but where it gets hard for me is like the and that's okay if no one else understands that, yeah.
0: You're almost an actor in a certain way. Yeah. Like you, I almost thought about it the other day and I was like, if I'm going to get back into YouTube, I have to maybe just not read the comments, make something that I really believe. And that's what I think I said last time was the best advice I got from a lot of creators, not a lot, but a few, they were like, make a video that you think is cool. If you're going to sit down and be like, it doesn't matter if it's you talking or me talking, but you're thinking wow, this is a good video. It's informative. I think it's funny. Whatever you're trying to go for, whether it's funny, informative, fashion, you should like it. And if I'm ever going to do YouTube again, it would be make something that I really think is cool, regardless of what anybody else thinks, and probably just not read the comments. Like you almost say, make myself, I'm a, I'm an actor in a certain sense. What do they say? Don't break the fourth wall. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to talk to the audience and interact like with this? the audience. Like, like I used to do because, and that's the hard thing. Cause when I started YouTube, I had 10 subscribers, 20 subscribers, 30 subscribers. So the people would comment and I would reply to everyone. Oh my gosh. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And it's certain, it gets to a point where you can't even reply if you wanted to, if yeah. you have 10,000 comments on a video, you can't reply if you want to. Yeah. So then I think I just got mixed up in between there, you know, thinking that it was, it was something that it's not, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, It's tough. It's a lucky position to be in. Like, I feel so blessed that my work is so creative. Yeah. And there's no blueprint like we were talking about earlier. No, there's no proven route of here's the balance of like understanding if your audience likes it or if reading the comments or whatever. I find I don't know if you struggle with this, but I find like trying to balance like humility. Right. Right because I don't know everything. I know a lot about making videos. I've led video strategy for some really big companies mm-hmm. and like like I know a lot about making a good YouTube video. Yeah. And I don't know everything. And the algorithm has changed so much. And it's like how do you balance, I guess, making something and being confident in my skill set while also accepting feedback, I guess, mm-hmm. on this isn't a perfect video and like I still have a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. And like, yeah, balancing that.
0: How do you balance that?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Like balance your creative, I guess, um, like conviction.
0: I feel like uh, asking people that you really respect and trust is a big thing, right? Because you're not going to ask everybody. Yeah. If there's somebody that you're like, hey, I really value this person outside of YouTube and I feel like they have my best interest in mind. Like asking with an open mind is really good. Danny is someone that I've done that with, you know, Mm -hmm. just talking. You as well, like be like we just have honest conversations, and I feel like, yeah, being able to be open and authentic with people is a really big deal. Uh, What do you find that sometimes you don't want to ask? Because I definitely do. I mean, I've done everything myself for my whole career. It seems talking about not knowing everything, like nobody really knows everything right
1: and it's cool that's a good thing
0: it's exciting yeah
1: well and okay it makes it
0: challenging as well
1: we were just talking about the challenge of we're both in kind of this transition period and the challenge of that being that it's like you know you don't know if you want to go back to youtube if you Mm -hmm. go back to youtube what are you making for me it's like i know i want to do content what kind of content am i making how much am i willing to what do i want out of it do i want to make a really big youtube channel where i'm doing like i don't know like calls or what's in meta and doing those types of videos? Do I want to do something that's like more creative, but maybe people that aren't less proven interest? I don't know. It's tough. And it's cool because you have a lot of options, but it's mm-hmm. also stressful because you have a lot of options. Right. So like what, how do you,
0: how do you how choose? Are you,
1: yeah. How are you coping with not knowing what to do next?
0: Ooh, a good question. Well, I just came back from living in Brazil. That was great. I learned a lot. And yeah, now I'm in the position where I'm just thinking what's next, how am I coping with it? I don't know if I even have an answer. I think I'm just like taking time. Cuz it's stressful. To be with my friends, talk to my family and figure out what I want to do. How There's are you paying always for things? Dude, the like money you, that I saved. Yeah. So that's the that's another thing too. Is like YouTube really worked well for a few years to the point where I could save money. But yeah. now I'm like and I also lived really cheap. For example, when I lived in Brazil for 6 months, the rent there is a lot cheaper than America.
1: How much do you think you spent living in Brazil for six months?
0: Ooh, probably like mm, 20 grand.
1: For six months. Yeah.
0: So it's there you go. Good. You know what I mean? So then like if <laughs> yeah. you still. It's, That's it's, like it's,
1: less than five grand.
0: It's it's uh, 20 grand. Well, I was there probably for like seven months. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like I only spent $2,000 a month. So like 14 probably realistically. Yeah. And the stuff that I was spending on top of that would be like equipment like a camera. But as far as living, it's very cheap. It's five, the dollar's five to one. Mm-hmm. So that was nice, you know? It's like yeah. even if I was eating, like I was just telling you earlier, like I bought a cappuccino here for an amount that's just like too much. And there I'm buying a cappuccino for a dollar, you know? Yeah. So that's nice. And then the the rent is less than a thousand dollars easily. I was I had a really nice place for seven hundred dollars a month, you know. So I've lived my travel dream through YouTube, and that has been really nice. And then the money that I have saved up is like what I'm living off now. And yeah, I have to think about that, right? And even getting a normal job is not really a problem for me. I'm not going to be like, hey, YouTube was so good that I can't get away from it. I wouldn't mind. um, When I say normal jobs like nine to five. I wouldn't mind working for somebody else. Mm -hmm. But I'm at that point where I'm thinking, am I going to work for somebody else as maybe a video person for a company? Or am I going to continue doing creative work like I've done, you know? So yeah. it is challenging, and I, I I don't really have the answer right now. I yeah. feel like a lot of creatives I mean, I get to either. that point, right?
1: I don't either. Well, it does it does seem like a life cycle, right? Yeah, where it feels like, um, you kind of strike strike gold. You want a creative job. You figure out a situation where now you can do it full time. Mm-hmm. You're doing it full time. You whether it's burnout or there's some aspect of it that's like droning on you to the extent that you have to step back and take mm-hmm. break, mm-hmm. and then. And then you decide, like, okay, well, am I coming back to this? Like, how is it different? How is it the same? Or am I gonna go do something else?
0: Yeah, that's. I think all the creative jobs are like that, right? Even people are A-list actors. It's like they do a big movie, they have to do another one, yeah. right? And they and only a few people can have like sequel, 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 right? Like, yeah, Transformers think- times ten, but.
1: That was such an interesting realization for me is realizing that actors are just YouTubers in a sense, in the sense that kind it's of. like, you don't it's know true. when the next thing's coming. Like yeah. if you're kind of hustling in the sense of you're talking to all these people, whether it's for brand right. deals or for to get into like another movie or do a collaboration or whatever it is like it. They're hustling. Exactly. And they nothing's are. guaranteed.
0: Same with the directors and the writers. It's yeah. like if you write a movie. It's not like you just have a job forever. you got to write another movie that's good. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll give you the next one. But all artistic people are in the same cycle, I think. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, YouTubers, actors. I mean, there are some YouTubers that are more famous. Like, Mr. Beast is probably more famous than most actors right now, at least in his age group that people watch him, right? Yeah. He's well-known around the world. It's crazy.
1: Well, I think the other thing that's interesting as we've gotten older is, like, realizing. So, I'm 29, you're a little bit older than me, thirty-one. Thirty-one, yeah. and like we're out of the range of the like most desirable age mar- age range, you know, what <laughs> oh, is that? eighteen about- to twenty-five, like yeah, to marketers. Guess, uh, yeah, and so it's been really interesting as we've gotten older, though, to realize that it's like not like we're still valuable, but you don't always have to be chasing like the younger viewership. Right. Like there's plenty of people our age who obviously still watch YouTube yeah. and watch content like that's still valuable numbers. But I don't know if you've ever gotten sometimes it makes my head spin thinking about like what's desirable to brands and how do you want to grow? and What kind of audience do you want to have? And it's weird to balance. Like, I think it's good to think about that because we were talking about having kind of like the business hat versus like the creative hat on. Yeah. Um. But then at the same time, I think it can be really paralyzing if you let that dictate your content too much
0: for sure yeah i mean that's part of the reason why i'm at where i'm (laughs) at right it's like i like literally stopped filming because i felt like i was thinking too much business like that yeah like where i first started it was like this is what i want to do and what i feel a passion for and i feel like the reason why it worked is because of that Mm -hmm. like on my videos it was like very yo i want to do this versus I'm trying to like please an audience, you know? Yeah. Cause then you become a performer. Like at a certain point, you become a performer. And that's what happened to me. Thing? For me, I couldn't deal with that. <laughs> and that's I'll be honest. honest. Yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't deal with like being a performer where the people were like, and then I made another video that they do this, you know? Yeah. I was like, no, dude, I'm so not doing what that. What would
1: you what would you want? Like, what's the ideal situation? Are they throwing like tomatoes I'm, at you? Do
0: I want something? that's not even available to the
1: i don't know maybe maybe
0: yeah. and i'm willing to like that's what i feel like it's like being honest is important like i'm not like a delusional former youtuber where i'm like damn, right that's what i'm saying like i'm willing to get a normal job nine to five I'm not saying that that's normal or bad but i'm willing to do that if it comes to the point where i feel like i'm just performing and the love is gone but i feel like you still should love what you do somehow right it's always like a balance it's always it. a balance like there's so many things right
1: well, And what I think is interesting is it's like there's so many things and there's so many different attitudes, right because yeah. I look at like my brother, for example, like he doesn't necessarily love his job yeah, but what's important, like having creative fulfillment from his job isn't important to him right. That's just not like he's not somebody who like he's like a creative person in the same way that I think all people are creative uh-huh. and are capable of creativity. Right. But he doesn't need to be doing something creative 24-7 or that doesn't need to be part of his everyday thing. And so like while he doesn't love his job, he loves that it, you know, is high paying. He loved that it sets him up for the future. This is just mm-hmm. examples like sets him up for the future. He loves that it's like close to his work he loves the people he works with right yeah. like there's like re- things that he loves about it. it's not like he's like oh i hate my job but i make right money. like I think shout you need out to calvin be to- calvin he connor knows my brother calvin because oh lou high all school went to high school together yeah
0: yeah i mean i think at the end of the day people need to be honest with themselves assess the situation and then just give and take you know yeah like, you're gonna have to give and take with everything whether it's your creative job, whether it's a job that's not as creative, but you have stability. I think there's like pluses and minuses. And that's one of the things that I actually realized being somebody that's been able to make money on YouTube is that jobs where maybe there's not as much creativity, but it gives you steady income and you, you know, you know where you show up at work every morning. Like those are actually real positives because sometimes when I, I, I would be living in a foreign country, just making videos and I don't have to wake up at a certain time. And I just had, the worst schedule. You just like wake up late, make a random video. And it just didn't seem and then you and then you see how some people just have a job where it's nine to five. And that's actually really good. Like having stability, you know? Going in nine to five, making the money. It's just like a give and take and like what you want to do.
1: Yeah. And it goes back to like having so many options in life, right? Because you really can create it however you want. You can have a nine to five. You can have you can work in a coffee shop and like write in the evenings Mm -hmm. and you don't have to show anybody the things you're writing. You can be a YouTuber and be creative. And like that, I feel like when you're making content that never really turns off. So you're kind of working all the time. Mm -hmm.
0: That's an interesting thing too.
1: Yeah. That brain never turns off. It's a cool muscle to have. Yeah. But also like it's.
0: That's another reason why I stopped, I think is because I was being, I was successful and then everything I did, I thought about how I could film it and put it on a YouTube video, and it started happening around my family. It was like Christmas, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "How am I going to make this into a sick video?" And then I just lost the moments of people I love. And then I then I was like, "Okay, look, this is too much. I can't be like losing these moments of people because I'm trying to film everything." You know, yeah, that that really did it for me.
1: But, was it that you were just thinking about filming it, or were you actually? filming No, I
0: wasn't actually filming it. Sometimes the, so I was. Just the
1: fact that you were taken out, my brain you was were... just
0: like a YouTuber brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it's hard. I mean, like I, I find myself, so like I haven't been doing YouTube lately. So that part of my brain's kind of off, but mm. like for Snapchat, I post every day on Snapchat and it's almost like a different format, but in a way it's kind of like daily blogging. Yeah. And, um, when I cut my finger, it was so, I, this is funny. Cause I was just saying this on another episode. So if you guys listen to the other episode, sorry, I'm telling the story again. But when I cut my finger, it was this thing where I was like, Oh, well, like I got to take pictures because this is really good content.
0: Exactly. Isn't that crazy?
1: And it's weird. Like I stopped myself for a second because it's like I was in the doctor's office bleeding all over the table and I was like, ha, ha, gotta, gotta record it. I felt that too it's like, for myself. Just sit here and like, but is it bad? Like, why do we judge? I don't know. It's it, it, again, it's It goes back to what do you want and why, why do I think that's bad? I don't know. Like, why do I not want to be that way? There's nothing wrong with it
0: yeah just it's probably because no it just depends on what you want like sometimes uh the the content and the social media can like get into your life so much where like the real life becomes like a byproduct of the social media you know what i mean yeah where people start doing things and going places and like saying things even to their friends that they wouldn't normally say because there's a camera that's where i realized where i was like man i can't do it but yeah there's a balance I think the balance is being found out by all of us now, you know? Yeah. There's not really a...
1: Well, it's like I think of, and I don't know if you have insight into this because I don't personally know, like, what's his name? David Dobrik? Like, Mm. I don't know him at all. But, like, in my head when he was doing those YouTube vlogs, or, like, Casey Neistat, I think he's talked about this, so maybe I should talk about that because I'm just making guesses with David. But, like, with Casey, like, he's talked about, like, he planned... He would plan his shots and like he's thinking about his videos. It's not like, and in that sense, it's almost like traditional filmmaking where you're storyboarding and it's very intentional and you're getting the shot, right? Yeah. But I think that like everybody has a different process. And sometimes if you're just filming all the time and waiting for something to happen, then yeah, you do show up differently because like you are kind of always on and it's not like you're on set and you're on and then you're off set and now you're off work. Mm -hmm. It's kind of just like, no, it's always... Something might happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think he filmed like over a thousand daily vlogs in a row.
1: Great. What is that? Like three years?
0: Over three years around there. And he used to wake up uh, around six, I think. And he wouldn't go to bed until like after midnight every day because he shot and edited his own videos. And I think he even talked about that with his wife. His wife was a little bit upset at that because he wasn't really there. He was just Casey Neistat, the vlogger, which worked monetarily and obviously a lot of fans. They're
1: super successful like yeah. have a lot of money and security now exactly but like at what cost and and then it goes back to like at what cost and like does that cost bother you because i think some people say oh at what cost he wasn't present for his life mm-hmm. and like that's not what you want and then some people are like yeah well at what cost like he kind of grinded for three years and now his family and yeah. his future generations are probably set mm-hmm. and never have to worry about, about money ever again yeah it just, again, it just kind of comes down to like, what do you want?
0: Exactly. I Everything's going to have that stress factor. So I you just got to figure out what you want.
1: The weird thing about YouTube and content creation is how it echoes or doesn't reality TV. It's true. And how with reality TV, so I don't watch a ton of reality TV. And I like maybe watched a little, like a few episodes of the, like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Kardashians. That's the first thing I there. I thought of. Yeah. But like I was at the Blink-182 concert. So. Courtney is dating Travis Barker or they're married and she announced at the concert I was at that she's pregnant Mm. to him with a sign. And that's obviously for their TV show. I don't know if she would have done it, you know, who cares about the motivation, but she did it and it's going to show up in their TV show. Right. And it was this really weird moment where it's like, I'm aware of the Kardashians. I'm aware of the cultural influence that they possess. But to be there as a human and she's there as a regular person sharing this really intimate and exciting like life news with her partner. Yeah. And it's like equal parts genuinely their life. And for a TV show, I don't know, like it even hurts my brain trying to explain it right now. Mm -hmm. It's just this really odd thing where it's like, is it performative? Does it matter if it's performative or Is it real life? Is it not? I don't know. doesn't matter.
0: I mean, everything is just like based on your own personal feeling, you know? I think if you're not into it, there's some change has to happen, right? That's kind of how I felt. Like I felt like I was performing around my family and friends and I was like, nah, I don't want that. So I'm going to have to change my work. If that means making less money, then I'm going to have to do that, you know? That's kind of like the decision I made. And that's why I'm at where I'm at. Where I'm going to say, if I'm going to go forward, I'm going to go forward with the information that I have. And if I'm going to do YouTube, it's going to be like a partition of my life instead of all of it. Because I also was the guy in Germany where I kind of had my camera in my pocket. And like if something happened, you know what I mean? You're looking for stuff. So I don't really want to make that anymore. That's why the people that do the react videos or those things that are happening now, it seems a little better for like the creator mind, where it's like, okay, I'm sitting down. I'm reacting to a video. Then I turn it off and I can go outside. More contained. Yeah. You got to contain it. Otherwise, it will like envelop your whole life in a certain way.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I find that for better, for worse, I have some pretty strict boundaries that I've put up. That I mean, strict is relative, but where like I don't want to. I don't care if anything interesting happens. I will not film this. You know, like I'm not pulling my camera out. I'm not taking a picture or like I'm giving myself, I will take one picture, for example, when I go to the concert Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm posting and that's You put that on yourself? Yeah.
0: That's nice. It's good.
1: I mean, it's good. And I think that sometimes it's like.
0: Having boundaries is actually sometimes better for creativity because you're focusing your energy instead of just being like, I can take any picture at any time. If you're like, I'm gonna take one picture, then maybe you're gonna like think I have one picture, so you're going to save it for the right moment. You know it's very interesting? I Well, I actually heard that as a quote from like architecture people. They said, the more constraints the architecture student or designer had, the better and more creative the design was because it was built within like
1: those confines. Exactly. Well, you can just do
0: anything and it just becomes like this. It's
1: too. It's overwhelming. It's too
0: much. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's also crazy? Have you ever heard of like the observer effect? Mm-mm. Where like when you observe, they they did this like experiment with particles. Like when you observe these two particles, it's a really long drawn out double slit experiment with like electrons. And when you observe the electrons, they they went to a very specific portion of like this piece of paper that they were shooting the electrons through it's hard to explain but basically when when they observed the electrons they uh, they behaved differently than the, when they weren't observed and they, they just they just knew if
1: they were so
0: basically they like shot electrons through this this double slit mm-hmm. and when they didn't observe it like when there wasn't a camera looking at it it like went to this like spray array like basically saying that like the light was diffused all over the paper. Like it could have been in any one of these.
1: How did they get that information if there was no camera?
0: Based on like what happened with the uh, photons, okay. like made a dot on the board. The, the board. It. okay. And the whole point is to say that when they observed it, the, the thing went to a very specific spot. Wow. Being that like when they observed it, It changed what happened and I actually like took that like as much as I didn't understand it or understood it I was like wow, maybe if I observe things through my own eyes Things will be different and i'll be honest with you There was a time where I was in paris and my phone died and I didn't have anything and I remembered that and I was like The rest of the day i'm just gonna like look around Like I actually remember that day more than any other day that I spent in paris. It was two months. I was there And the other days I was like filming, but if you realize sometimes like if I'm filming you right now and I'm like looking, you know, like at the camera, I'm experiencing you like indirectly through the camera and I'm not like here. Mm -hmm. So I think that like people who are creatives have to like realize that, like, do you want to sacrifice the real experience to give it to your audience? You know what I mean? um Mm. and i really you know you're almost like sacrificing your yeah you're almost like sacrificing your ability to experience the moment and you're like giving it to other people um so i think you have to like give and take that and i don't know if i explained that correctly but if you look it up uh the observer effect it's something along those lines that when you the people observed it changed it changed things and yeah. I, I, t- I liken that to like your devices, you know, we're all like trying to like see it through there instead of just being like, okay, let me just see it through here. Life is different through your eyes, you know, in the screen. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really crazy. Because You
0: don't get it back, you know, like you don't get it back like the moments. Yeah. So that's where like going back and maybe even tying in what we were talking about. Cause like we were talking a lot about like Why does this happen? And I feel like anybody that's watching or that deals with the same situation, sometimes you just don't know why. Like, I don't even know if there's an explanation for like why we feel certain ways, but you almost have to like give and take and say, how much of my real life am I willing to sacrifice for my job? And then whatever you're comfortable with sacrificing, then that's what it is. And I think we all know examples of people that take it too far. Like everything is filmed, right? And they can't even put it down. They're just like, oh, trying to get the shot. That's too much. But I think like like you said, like one picture at the show or today I'm not using my phone or my YouTube channel is defined as this. I think that's a good thing. You know, if you can define what you're doing and tr- kind of try to stick to that.
1: But I think it like success and money can be so tempting, right? Of course. I think like especially with YouTube or Twitch, like with Twitch, you can... The more hours that you're live, the more money you're making, right? Of course. And similar with YouTube, the more videos you're putting out, the more money you're making. If you yeah. put out seven videos for the week, even if those videos are only getting, let's say, 20,000 views a video, yeah, you're going to make more money than if you put out one video a week that's getting 20,000 views. Like Exactly. Obviously. And I think it can be really tempting to...
0: Go for the money and the views.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, I don't think it's always a bad thing. I think you just have to understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like you need to understand the sacrifice that you're making and maybe saying like, okay, I'm going to daily upload for one year or for three months. And then I'm going to check in and see how am I feeling? Am I experiencing Do I have enough balance? Am I experiencing my life enough? Because I think it's so easy to like, let your life slip by.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. It is.
1: Uh, gotta think about it dude
0: it's give and take same with people that work in in nine to five right it's like it's like what am I going to sacrifice for this job that pays more Mm -hmm. you know maybe you have a kid and you're going to take a job that pays less because you work less hours so you can spend more time with the kid but you're gonna have less money so it is all just like a numbers game it's like what do you want to trade for what um it's a blessing to be able to make money in general right because some people are struggling with that but yeah at the end of the day it's like what do you want and you kind of just have to make your own decision and feel comfortable with that because there's always going to be people that tell you that you should do it differently right and maybe you should do this maybe you should goes make back more to the money. Comment thing exactly you have to and i think the most important thing is having like good people around you that you can bounce off like true questions like sid what do you think boom like i get your opinion i get my other friend's opinion there's like a small circle of people instead of like asking what everybody else would do you know yeah. Even I haven't used my phone for two days. Like really? Except text you and like a, another person. It's better. Life's better like that.
1: Yeah. Well, so it's like, I'm crazy. I'm like seeing the
0: colors you've of the sky. Gone,
1: what have you noticed has been <laughs> different? Cause you've gone from being kind of chronically online in a way because yeah. you were, how often were you posting on
0: YouTube? When I was in Germany, I would post like every other day or like every third day if you spread okay. it out. But there was a period where I was posting like every other day for four months. So you're posting three to four
1: videos a week, a week. And you're going from that to now. And posting like,
0: on Instagram, you know, like the stories, yeah. the new Doing video, the check thing. the whole thing.
1: And like now you are hardly like you don't even have cell service. You only use Wi-Fi. Yeah,
0: because, well, that was another reason I had my my cell phone broken. But yeah. it, it's nice. It's actually a really nice thing to not have a connection to a world outside of the one that you're living, I would say. Is it possible to do that forever, it seems like in this world it's like not. But
1: how do you? I have so many questions about that because in theory I'm like, oh, that sounds so nice. Yeah. Um, but then in practice it's like, okay, so do you, like, what about like fear of missing out? Do you feel like it's like you're fear missing of missing
0: things? out? I actually I did get over that. And but so you
1: initially felt that way
0: around, yeah, and that's why that's part of the reason why I deleted my Instagram in 2019. So like when I got really big on YouTube, meaning like every day every video i was probably making like or getting like fifty thousand views that's big for me right that was like when i was living in germany and getting brand deals and having people in the street like recognize me that was when i was like man this is a lot i don't know if i really want to do this and i was spending so much time on my instagram and on my phone that i was just like i'm gonna cut this out because i also was getting fomo and i was happy that i made that decision i think
1: weren't you worried? i was happy <laughs>
0: Obviously, you look back and you're like, why did I do that? But I, at the end of my life, I want to be happy that I lived it outside of like other people's comments, you know? Yeah. And just being around because life is actually a lot more manageable when you're living the one that's like right there, if that makes sense. You know what I mean?
1: Interesting. Then the one, then like your online life and the life like your yeah. parents expect from you and the life that the, your fans expect from you. Yeah. Like kind of just putting that all away. And it's just like, just Connor's life.
0: Yeah. It actually it is a little bit more manageable because imagine if i didn't have a phone and obviously there's like people that could push back with that and be like you need a phone yes you do i do have a phone but if i'm not like looking at my phone and pleasing an audience that isn't like right in front of me then you could it's a little more clear you know yeah you're just walking down the block go to your job do your work go home go to the grocery store bake some cake Meet with your loved one. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like when the phone's open, it's like a, it's like a half of your life is like there. There's like another door. You could like open it. It's like an like, open door and it's you're just letting like, things in. And you're like, oh, DMs. Oh, like like you know what I mean? It's yeah. so much.
1: Well, and I feel like it's difficult because like, and I don't know if I mean when we text, so our text messages are like all over the place. It'll be like one minute, you're sending me like three texts and then I don't respond for a few days and then you have another thought and you're sending me like five texts and yep. then I'm responding and I'm sending you my response and Triple then you like six more texts and then yep. like our texts are so like ah it's almost impossible but, yeah but every time I see you I feel like I always apologize better t- but
0: this is so much better it's
1: so much better but I feel like I always apologize I'm like oh man sorry like I've been so busy and then I forget to respond and then when I do respond I'm responding so much and like it's how right. do you get over the pressure i guess of like letting people down because i think there is an expectation that you're always available. i think i've
0: let people down so much that it's just it's just over <laughs> at this immune. point no, like, because i when i first went to germany i got rid of my phone number that i had had my whole life and then i came back in 2018 and people were like dude i texted you and i was like oh my gosh i'm so sorry i don't have the same number and the amount of times that i've gone to a new country got a new number lost my phone like people can't get a hold of me i feel like the, everyone just kind of like gave up But then at the same time, I'm like, great. Like I'm living life back before phones existed.
1: Did that feel lonely?
0: A little bit. But then I realized that I want to be in the moment. I think I'm like kind of trying to like go and live a life before phones, you know? Like if I can eventually get rid of my phone, I will.
1: Did you do that on purpose? Or do you feel like it's just slowly kind of turning into that? Both. Both, but
0: also on purpose. Like I would really love to like not have to always have like a little red dot in my head which is like there's a notification does that make sense yeah there's always an email there's always another text there's always another like there's always another comment it's like i almost like freaked out and was like stop no and i have a friend that's a parent or a friend of my parents doesn't have a phone and he's a professor at like ucla and i was like how does he do it he has somebody that works for him that looks at his emails that's it so if I ever did YouTube again, that'd be great. If I had an assistant, I could just make the videos. They could post them. I don't look at anything. I just live my real life. That's my ideal. Oh,
1: that sounds like the
0: dream. That's an ideal situation. Oh, God. Will it happen? Can so it happen? Nice. I'm willing to work on that. I'm willing to yeah. work on, like, if I ever do YouTube again, I'll probably try to make something like that happen.
1: But, okay, so let's say that's your goal to get there, like, unless you have a ton of money saved up, like, you're going to have to just post it on my own and just not look at the Do it your own before you get yeah. to that point.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Are you willing to do that?
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm willing to like do the hard work to get to that point, I think. Yeah. If I ever was going to do YouTube again, I think I have to because I'm I'm not able to do the phone in a, in a good manner, if that makes sense. I'm not healthy with the phone, personally. Yeah. My brain is already, how do you say, like artistic, where like when you're artistically thinking, you think about a lot of stuff. I feel like I think about a lot of stuff naturally, even in like high school, you know, doing all this stuff. And then the phone just adds like so much noise that I almost am more productive without it. So I would love to be able to find a way where I'm not using the phone, but still getting my stuff done, which seems impossible. I feel like I'm almost like asking for something impossible. But then I think back and I'm like, how long ago did we all not have phones? We remember, don't you remember when you didn't have a phone? Third grade, fourth grade? It's, I remember those days.
1: Yes, but it's tough because I think I also am like, oh, but that's just what being a kid was. Yeah, you you're know, right. I don't think about like like. But my I don't, dad had
0: a full on business, and all they had was phones like, at the place. That's
1: crazy. Well, I saw Damn. um like a probably
0: impossible but- a
1: TikTok, and it had like a news clip from 1993 when a Burger King start when Burger King started accepting credit cards as a payment. Mm. In 1993. And like that tripped me up to realize that there was a time before us that like credit cards weren't accepted.
0: Yeah, exactly. And now it's cash. flipped to
1: where now cash isn't really accepted. A lot know. of places. I know. And I like, guess just like how much the world is changing. So I don't know. I yeah. Don't it's know like, is it even could... impossible?
0: I might be asking to do something that's like impossible, you know, but shoot. Like,
1: well, I don't know that it's impossible. I think, do you it's think just, that's like...
0: a good question. Do you think it's, a, do you think it's possible to run a YouTube channel? With maybe like a, someone who can post for you or like field your emails
1: without I think a phone. I think that's possible, but I think you need somebody to be looking at your emails or yeah. incoming requests. But also, I guess if you make your channel big enough that you're not relying on brand deals, then yeah, where you're you just doing the ad rev. Yeah, you also don't really need. You're just leaving a lot of money on the table, and then it goes back exactly. to though. Does that matter to you? Maybe yeah. not. If it doesn't, then like
0: okay for me I, I feel like i'm pretty simple of course i want to have a family so i'm gonna to have to make enough money to provide for them but yeah like getting super rich was never really uh, important to me i guess yeah and shoot man i don't know i'm so against social media even though i've used it why, to support what, myself
1: what is like why
0: i feel like and I don't want this to just be like a session of like YouTubers complaining, you know? I feel like I'm just complaining. You know, I feel we're just talking about we are just about talking our life, about right? Our life. But like, yeah. I don't want to feel like I'm complaining because I'm not. I think YouTube's amazing. And I love the fact that I've been able to travel the world and do it. But I do feel like social media adds so many thoughts into your life that don't have any value at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this these thoughts that are like, a random fact or a random comment, or like knowing how many likes you got or views you got made me like overthink a lot.
1: I also, though, don't think that it needs to be super black and white for everybody, right? I think yeah. that like you can feel like, okay, you know, I think Instagram can be very stressful because I'll have like a DM from somebody. My friend Matt DM'd me on Instagram. He texted me the day before in a group chat and then solo. And this was these were all different streams of communication. It's not like he was like bothering me to try and respond to him. It was like yeah. we're having one conversation in our text message, he needed a response. We're having another conversation in another group chat that like he responded to and the people in the group chat needed the response and then he DM'd me about something else, maybe he responded to a story. And like it was stressful because I felt like and I love Matt, but I like felt like okay, I have an answer to one of those, but I need to sit down and come up with an answer to the other two or response. And so like, I'm going to sit down and I'll respond to him on Instagram and then in the group chat and then, Solo, but I don't want to post on Instagram before I respond to him. Of like, course. You know, and that's like That's yeah, you don't want to be rude, of that's course. a lot. And then multiply that. And I know I'm not the only person that has this issue. No and it's like, and then multiply that by like- Honestly, like so many people, many people do.
0: How many people liked it and what the comments are. I feel like everybody does that.
1: It's, I think it's human nature. I mean, it's a dopamine machine, right? Yeah, dopamine machine. Like you're looking at it and it's saying, it's giving you validation. You're getting to hit a dopamine. Like that's literally biology. So that's- you come back and get more dopamine. Yeah.
0: Is there a way to healthily through- have social media, do you think?
1: I mean, I'm sure it exists, especially because it's such an integral part of relationship.
0: Do you think so? Social media? Just like contacting people that don't live in your current area type thing?
1: Well, I don't think it's it needs to even just be in your current area. I just think that I think of like friendships, right? This is going to seem like yeah. a tangent. But I feel like a lot of the female friendships that I've had, they usually results in like there's a group chat or like a one-on-one texting thing and you need to be responding, like people are talking constantly, right? Mm -hmm. And so like if I didn't have a phone or like for me, I'm so bad at responding. And I know that's the thing that like everybody's saying now for me, it's because like once I'm done with work, I put my phone. So I try, I don't do this all the time, but my goal is to put my phone somewhere else. And then for the rest of the day, be off my phone because I've been on my phone all day for work for this mix of work and like distraction. Right. Yeah. And so then I'm really, once I'm not working, like it's really hard for me to get back to people. And I feel like I've missed, I've absolutely missed out on friendships because I wasn't available to participate in those group chats Mm. as they were happening.
0: Yeah. I I totally missed out on all those,
1: you know? And like, so I think that it's like, yeah, sometimes it makes me sad and you know, I've accepted at this point that it's like, okay, that's fine that I'm not as close to these people as I could have been. So Can you have relationships without social media? Yeah, I think it just might look different and you have to be okay with that.
0: Of course, yeah. And like
1: maybe it means that you have to put in more effort to be friends with these people and then you have to kind of get over this feeling of, oh, I'm putting in so much effort because like you're doing it, you're kind of going against the grain and doing it differently than how people form friendships in 2023. So I think it's doable. It just takes like an intense amount of intention. And at that point, if you're focusing so much energy on that, like, is it easier just to create a healthier, like create boundaries that feel healthy to you for social media so that you can participate in that? I don't I don't know. I think that's a personal question.
0: Yeah. What do you think the biggest positive of social media has been for you?
1: For me? I mean, my Since job. Pod-
0: <laughs> what do my you mean? job, being like, able
1: to have this as my job.
0: Being able to, the biggest positive is like being able to create. For your job, make make, it, make money. Like make live. Money, off that.
1: live off of that, and like grow and become an entrepreneur and like have yeah. my own business and be in control of my own time. I think aside from that, the positive that I see it having, like culturally, and I think this is kind of taken so far that maybe it's a negative now, but is that I think you're exposed to the way that different people live their lives mm-hmm. in a way that like we weren't before, right? Like me as somebody growing up in Orange County, Southern California, my entire life. I have seen videos from the perspective of people living in Missouri, of people living in China, of people living in like France. And that like, I have a better understanding theoretically of what it's like to be that person and have those experiences that like, I just will never necessarily understand firsthand. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's it can be good because it can open your eyes. And if you're open to learning that information and like really internalizing it, it can make you more empathetic. True. I think the problem though is that people, not everybody's open to that. I think that people tend to think that like one opinion is the opinion of everybody that lives in Missouri or everybody that's had this experience in France. Mm-hmm. And then I think sometimes it's like too much information. Like I, I think as people we weren't necessarily built to have that much information right like i don't I know about you so. but i get really overwhelmed by like i mean i don't think the world's necessarily a perfect i know the world's not a perfect place but i also don't think it's like the worst place ever but you're seeing all this news about like the planet's warming up like all these people are being killed in this country and all this this other country like the government's imploding and all these people are starving like it's all of this horrible, horrible news all the time. And you're, it's so easy to access and it can make you feel really helpless. And then you feel like a bad person because you're not doing anything about it. So at the same time, I think, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword. Um, I think the reality, I think that the reality of that question though, is that like social media is here to stay. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think if you want to... If you feel so strongly that you want to disengage, I think there's nothing wrong with that. But you're going to make certain sacrifices. That's okay. Um, otherwise, I think you just need to accept that, like, okay, social media is here. And, like, get really clear on your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And where, at what point does it overextend? And, like, is it unhealthy? Like, I had to stop watching, especially with TikTok and how it serves you its algorithm is so crazy and it serves you you watch one video on a sad cat on like some cat getting ran over and then they rescue it and nurse it back to health and you're seeing for the next hour videos of sad animals getting abused and then hope maybe whatever holds not. your
0: attention they actually they
1: feed more of it to you time yeah the
0: time how much you watch each one and then they just feed more it's like a exactly. b testing right
1: and so I think that it's like, I had to stop. I don't watch animal videos anymore on TikTok because it's like, I don't want to feel upset. It was too upsetting.
0: Yeah. They play off the emotions, you know? Yeah. Dude, they actually do play off your emotions, social media. And I just, it's all, I honestly, it, I was getting played with so much that I was like, screw this, bro. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I, I honestly, I made this uh, analogy to a friend one time. that makes sense to me now thinking about it. it is like, Social media for me and the reason why I kind of like needed to set boundaries or push it away is like the friend that you talk to and more often than not, you leave feeling worse than when you first talked to them. But one out of 10 times, it's like, oh, they said something like kind of nice, like saw that quote that they said, like I'll still stick around them. But then nine out of 10 times I leave and I'm like, no, that was not good. Yeah. I, I do not want to be around this person. So like I almost started treating social media like a person and like pushing it more away that's like that's what happened to me yeah
1: you know well i think it goes back to just creating an experience that feels healthy for you if you're gonna accept like this is gonna be a part of my life like i can't cut this out or i don't want to cut it out i think it's creating an experience that feels good to you like on instagram i maybe follow three influencers that i don't know personally and like i'm really intentional about honestly, there's one I probably should unfollow because when she posts things, I find myself being like, oh my gosh, like she has all this stuff. Do I need all yeah. this stuff? Or she looks like this. Do I, should I look like this? And it's like, she's an exception. And it's because I really should unfollow her. No, nothing's against that creator. It's just like, it makes me feel bad. Mm. But everybody else that I follow on Instagram, at least, and Instagram's easier to manage than TikTok. Since TikTok, I feel like you see people that you're not necessarily following. But like, you if you're following a bunch of people that make you feel like shit, like you have control over that. So mm-hmm. stop following the people that make you feel like shit, follow things that inspire you, whether yeah. it's animal videos or inspirational quotes or like some philosophy page that's posted like daily stoic. Like, I don't know what it is, but I think you can curate a social media experience that at least is helping funnel you towards yeah. feeling good. But I the think that's thing really hard. The that
0: is if you look at something for like one day that's opposite that, then you're back to square one and then your yeah. creation is gone. That's the thing for me. That's yeah, why I have like distance hard. myself because it's like it's so hard for me. I just feel like I'm maybe I'm a little more old school, or I'm trying to be that way. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to just be more old school. So like, I don't mind if I don't involve myself in like the social media world. That's why I, I am at the point in my career where I'm like, okay, maybe it is time for me to get like a normal job. You know, well, I wouldn't mind that,
1: and that's a decision that you're making, right? And I yeah, think that's good. I'm because- in the middle of it. You're like, man, social media isn't work wasn't working for me and isn't working for me currently, and so here's my other option.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I used it well for like five years. My dream was to travel the world, you know.
1: Yeah. And like, I basically made
0: enough money to do that, and I'm happy. So it kind of like gave me what I need, and now I'm like thinking about what is it going forward because I do want to have a family. Yeah. And you know, I'm 31, and I think in the next couple years I would like to meet somebody and have a child, if possible. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Are you putting the call out? Huh? Said you're putting the call out.
0: Oh, yeah. No, yeah. not really. And I also want to meet the person that I that I am going to marry in person, you know? Like, I yeah. want to just be at the library or, like, at the church or wherever I am, you know, at a restaurant. I feel like that seems so romantic because it doesn't happen anymore, yeah. but it used to all the time, so it will, you know, I think. Yeah. If I'm off social media and just walking around and meeting people and, like, meeting my friends, 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 and... Just talking to people, I feel like I, wa- I wa- want that, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I did dating apps, um, but I also ultimately- I definitely had
0: dating apps, you know? just <laughs> look, I'm not dating anybody. Yeah. Just met them, you know? Like, I yeah. had a couple of dates, but not saying that dating apps are bad. I don't think they're bad. Yeah. But I feel like there's something to be said for, like, meeting people in the natural environment.
1: And I think that works, too. I met Brandon through a friend of a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. My, but, and then my brother met his now wife through Hinge. There you go. And they're great together so okay before we Brandon. sign off uh, before we sign off and um, calvin
0: dude he actually met he met him through hinge that's cool Through
1: Hinge, yeah. i have
0: friends that have done that successfully too but i've also had friends that done that unsuccessfully yeah you know what i mean
1: uh, well and i mean when you meet people in person though there's i know plenty of people who've met in person yeah it doesn't and work either it doesn't work either yeah so, so whatever
0: what do i know we basically got to the conclusion that i don't know anything <laughs> And I'm trying to figure it out. We're all human though. We're all doing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, It is. It is at the end of the day. It's like, you have to figure out what works for you. And like, there aren't really any real answers to these questions. They're not like Mr. Beast knows everything about YouTube. You know what I mean? He knows everything about what he's specifically doing. But at the end of the day, I feel like you have to just like manage your own life and like find what works for you with people that you trust.
1: Yeah, well, I find myself getting really paralyzed, like, because I love researching information. Like, before I make a decision, like, I want to get every opinion, yeah. every angle, really understand it, and then you get like decision paralysis, where it's like you almost have too much information, right? Could be. And I think at a certain point, you need to just like say, "Okay, I know what's best for me," and it feels like it's this, and then understand like I can course correct if I need yeah. to. Yeah, intuition be, is real. I've yeah. learned that. Oh yeah, I totally believe um, that. So a
0: lot of times, like, I'll know exactly what to do, and then whether it's four hours later or like four weeks later, it's like I make the decision that I knew in the very beginning. Yeah. So I feel like getting in tune with what you actually are, whatever that means to you, it's like you're knowing. And that's where getting off social media is good. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times people will mistake intuition for what they saw recently that's working on YouTube or what they saw recently other people are wearing. I feel like if you just like, actually like do your little meditation, you'll be like, that's what I would like to do. And then you move forward. And then it, in my experience, it like, it's a positive thing to do.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, if people, <laughs> we'll have to have you back so you can tell travel Dang, stories.
0: I know what the heck? we didn't even we didn't get even to talk any about that. that.
1: So we'll just have one episode and you can come because Connor has some gnarly travel stories. Like
0: travel stories. Yeah. I mean, I've been around the You've world around. a little bit. Yeah. And yeah.
1: So we'll have we you back for stories. another one. Thanks but, for having me. Um, I don't know. If, do you day. want people to try and find you?
0: No, no, it's okay. <laughs> you guys don't have to try to find me. <laughs> nah
1: what's your old youtube channel i mean my name
0: is connor sullivan if you just google that or type that into youtube it'll my old videos will be there and yeah. i might start posting again
1: yeah, but you. i don't
0: want to promise anything you know
1: no you shouldn't yeah okay well thanks Connor. live your own by. lives
0: guys delete all social medias if you don't make money off of it <laughs> and just live in the moment that's what i would say but
1: <laughs> what is your Bora there we go Bora thanks yeah, connor
0: thanks